0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello, welcome to Suggestible Pod. I'm Claire. James is here also. What's this show about, James? Look, this is how it is. You like podcasts?
2: Great. Welcome. You're here. You made it this far. This (laughs) one is all about suggesting things that we've read, watched, listened to, eaten, flew over and went... Hmm.
1: You know when Neither pl- of us could fly. No, when, you know when you're flying in a, in a plane and you look over and you go, hmm. You never do that. Or you're too busy watching something That's to suggest true. on this podcast.
2: Flying is the worst. And you can't see anything because people are like, why don't you look at the window?
1: At what? Well, anyway. The sky? I can see
2: the sky from here. <laughs> I don't need to be up in it to be looking at it. It
1: looks the same. All right. As interesting as this topic of conversation is, get on with your bloody suggestible, All mate. All I'm saying is the Gentleman's sky is overrated. First. You can look at it from – you don't need to spend you big
2: money – You and I have
1: such different views on this because I'm always bagging on about asking you to go and look at the sky. I love a pink sky. It's ever-changeable, ever-changing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's I get pink, it. The it. sky's blue. a variety of colours. The, the, the sky clouds, has to be so an absolutely shapes.
2: wicked, crazy colour for me to go,
1: what? See, I look at it every day of the week. I even like a grey sky. It's moody. Listen to Moody. got get out of here. say By much. Frank Sinatra, recommended previously. All right,
0: get anyway, on with your podcast. Okay, so
2: my first one is a podcast called Funny in Failure, which could be the bloody title oh, of my of bloody, your life. Uh, I was going to say,
1: this is your life, James.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. So basically it's an iTunes. I mean, you're not that it's an funny. iTunes. No, I'm not. It's I can't – I don't have the host in front of me. Why doesn't he have his name in the bio? Anyway, it's an Australian <sighs> Someone podcast. Someone would
1: think you were a professional. I know. Look I, at my notes, all prepared already I for don't know. you.
2: i My notes are less, but I've still got okay, hang, them. Okay, Anyway, so hang basically – Funny
1: in Failure I'll by, find, by I'll, James I'll, Clement. I'll
2: find, I'll find the name at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. But it's basically about uh, uh, any, uh, a, a person, <laughs> a man <laughs> – who talks with uh, comedians about their careers. Like he's had people on the past like John Saffron, who is a, a popular presenter here in Australia, who started uh, on – it was almost like a reality show in the 90s. Isn't it? Well, it was. It was like a reality journalism show in the 90s. Uh, all the way up to his most recent episode, or his second most recent, w- recent with Broden Kelly, who people might know as one of the three – sorry, there's more than three people on Artie Donna because there's multiple people on
1: the they Yeah, but they're the, the, they're the they're like the ones you faces see of it. The face of. Broden yeah.
2: Brod Kelly, uh, I'm a big fan of – He's comedy in that, in that show but also in real life. He's a super nice guy. Uh, he's um, yeah, he's,
0: he's awesome. one of those guys.
2: What's, what I find really funny about Broden is he's, he's really good at doing really mundane, run-of-the-mill stuff that like normal people do but at an absurd level but also feels real at the same time.
1: Yeah, so it's very like funny. Like he does a
2: really good dad. He's like oh, I'm my dad, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I definitely can't <laughs> do Auntie it. Because
1: Auntie Donna actually is a definite recommendation yeah, in this 100%. show. Yeah, 100%. If you haven't listened to their podcast or watched their YouTube channel, yeah. you should definitely do it. Or go to
2: shows or listen to music yeah. or whatever. I
1: love Broden, um, how he sings that, the dad song, what's yeah. it called? Yeah, yeah, Chuffed. Chuffed. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, he's very funny. Exactly. But
2: anyway, so. Broden. The thing about Broden is, and a lot of comedians like I've met him multiple times and he's you know he's very nice and very friendly and whatever but this this goes into like the backstory of him becoming you know a comedic actor because he started at university with some of the other auntie donna guys and then he was going to be a serious actor and how that changed and he was talking about how in high school because he's like still plays footy and if you looked at him you'd be like He's a regular sporty Look, bloke he, he or whatever. He looks like a
1: footy guy. He does. Yeah. yeah. And Well,
2: then he is because he plays. he Aussie rules. He, but he obviously. talks about how in it, hell when he was like 13, 14, he was in the footy club room and he was told as a kid that like that's the best place in the world you can be nothing but support and they've all those kinds of things. But he remembers looking around the time and going, what a pack of fuckwits. And I have a really <laughs> big problem with with like sporting culture in general. Uh I, mean, I think any culture that takes itself way too seriously I actually have a problem with. But there is that kind of hyper-masculinity like everybody's kind of trying to outdo each other and whip each other on the nuts with wet towels. And often
1: their attitude to women is pretty Yeah, big, absolutely. It's changing and it's not it's everywhere. It's definitely changing and it's not every, and it's not every sporting
2: club. club but I'm saying – you know, it is. You know, prevalent. footy trip mate. Yeah, you see it in ah. you see it in the media and you, get in the yeah. cheeks. And I got you know I got mates like that and and, and whatever who yeah. I also really like at and the same time.
1: Also on on a point to that as well, there is still not been one Aussie rules football player in Australia who is no. um, identified as gay. And I've not one. That I've is a, crazy. I have a
2: friend who's a journalist who who you also know. Well, I actually, haven't seen him in like five years. So but is we know he a friend? him. I know him. <laughs> anyway, and there's been a couple of times where. AFL players, Aussie rules footballers have, have gone to come out and then haven't have gone and they kind of pulled back because they don't want to be the first and they don't want to be kind of targeted because there is this thing in, in uh, Australian rules football of people being targeted for their race and various other yeah, things. To kind of and get
1: under their skin, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah and, and particularly there was a, there's a football player called Adam Goods who yes. um, is an Indigenous Australian man. And he has been Yeah, the the way that he's been treated is appalling. And a lot of that is
2: rested on like, well he he should suck it up and you know, it's the game and whatever, but the level of like vitriol that was targeted at him, which wasn't on, on anybody else. And even if he I don't think he's a terrible bloke, he seems like a very nice bloke. But even if he was, there are much Worse people than him who play who don't
1: get cop that kind, cop of, that stuff. kind of abuse. Yeah, correct. Uh, so there there is an element of footy culture. And going back to Broden, as we were actually discussing, yes. he does look like a guy that would play football, except he's bloody hilarious. Yeah. And which so fun. You, could, you could be both, obviously, also. Of I've you seen can. the footy show, Claire.
2: <laughs> I've seen a man dress up as a woman and come out of the skit <laughs> show, the footy show, and you're like, oh my God, there's nothing funnier <laughs> than a man dressing up as a woman. <laughs> oh, it gets funnier every time. But, um, so, but he was talking about how he was in school and then he, he, he wanted to do theater and he kind of chickened out the first year and then he, and then he decided to do it. And he said that kind of welcoming environment was, was so different. It was like the opposite of what he's experiencing. So that's when he kind of fell in love with it. And, and he talks about how Auntie Donna, which and they're hugely successful, but he's talked about how pretty much every step of the way they've done it all by themselves. Like they've had help from people like, you know, leg up here and there and people promoting and whatever, but it's mostly they've built everything themselves there's been no one person to be like I'm gonna make you a star and whatever and I'll put yeah. you yeah because they've had like multiple tv network tv deals fall through and things like that and and you know they've lost awards and won awards and, and he and he just talks about the journey uh and it's just fascinating I think if you if you're interested in I know, doing something you know creatively um, creativeness, uh, it might it might be worth looking into because yeah. uh, for me a lot of the stuff that I you know well Broden's younger than me by like six years but a lot of the stuff that he was saying I'm like absolutely I yeah, I mean, exactly particularly the, the doing it about. yourself,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, you and we've talked about this before. There's an episode of Just Make the Thing where we talk about your sort of how you got into doing Mr. Sunday movies. Mm. But it's absolutely what we've discovered is you cannot rely on anyone to turn around and no. go, come on, kid, we're going to make you a star. Yeah. Instead, you've just got to work your ass off yeah. and, and make had, your own opportunities. We've had like multiple people like,
2: you know, make offers and things that have, that have fallen through or brands that are like, this is going to be huge for you and whatever. And every time we get something now i'm just like fuck off like <laughs> that's my immediate risk like i'll be like oh i'm, I'm, I'm open to it but i'm like okay you yeah know?
1: And i just don't think you ever take anything too seriously and if it no. comes through whoop-de-loo right amazing and yeah. we're so grateful for it but also as you've always said it's so much better to yeah. be in charge of your own ship and because now of things like instagram and youtube you can yeah, take definitely. i mean obviously i've been around for a long time but you have the power to take those in your own yeah. hands rather than having to wait for a big TV network. All right. Anything you want to say about that before I continue with no, my No, it's called Funny and Failure
2: by Some Guy. <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry.
1: You Google his I'll name. Google it before the end All of right. the show. All right, I'll keep talking. <laughs> I've got so many recommendations. Uh, that sounds awesome. You've talked to me about that already. I'm gonna to listen to it. And do. Auntie Donna, please go and watch their YouTube channel. Amazing. Michael Kahan. Oh, uh, Michael. Good on you, mate. Good on you, Michael. You're funny and Put your failure. name in the
2: description of your podcast, dude. I choose Michael.
1: All right. <laughs> Don't tell him what to do. He's successful in his own right. He is. Okay. I have a few things to recommend. My first one is a very sneaky, quick one. You know how I like to do that to you. Like it's it. a recipe for chocolate shell ice cream topping. Oh, my goodness. I found this because I follow Jennifer Garner on Instagram, which, do you some favour? She's freaking hilarious. Jennifer Garner. Hilariously amazing. Mm, Um, She's great. Yeah, she does this sort of ridiculously failed cookie shows and they're really terribly filmed in her own kitchen. But they're just so funny. Her timing is hilarious. Anyway, this recipe was in the New York Times. It's seven ounces of bittersweet chocolate, two tablespoons of coconut oil. That is it. You just melt it together and then it becomes like your own ice magic, which I don't know if you have that in the US or wherever you are. Basically, it's chocolate topping for your ice cream, except it goes hard. Yeah. yeah, it's delicious.
2: No, it's not, but this sounds better. Yeah, ice, magic is, terrible, ice magic is terrible, but bad. this
1: is delicious and it's kind of gone viral on the internet. So do yourself a favour. If you're having a movie night, go melt yourself some bittersweet chocolate with two tablespoons of coconut oil, pour it over your ice cream. Delish.
2: I love Jennifer Garner and I love her almost, oh, seems like infinite tolerance you for Ben me. Affleck. Yeah, of course I love you, but if I had to choose... <laughs> She is hot. I'll
1: give you that. No, I just,
2: I just think she's genuinely nice. She seems yeah. really cool. And she yeah. runs
1: her own business. Too. She's really fascinating. We've talked about her before when she was interviewed on the podcast with David Tennant. Yes. Um, and she just he was running her own businesses and works super hard um, and is a mum as well and really into gardening and cooking and all the things that I yeah. love. Yeah, hilarious. Okay. She's like
2: She's like what Gwyneth Paltrow does but real. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Look, I I love Gwynnie too. I respect her very much. Mm. Whatever she's doing, sticking up, sticking jade eggs up her vajuts. She is actually. That's a that's. I a quote. know. I'm well aware of. Yeah. <laughs> goop. All the goop shit actually. Some to. of her, her goop podcasts are great. The one with Brene Brown is excellent. A lot of them are a little bit too airy fairy for me. Anyway, that's my first recommendation. My second one is a book. It's called Panchinko by Minjin Lee. It was published in 2017. It's just amazing. It's an epic. So it's quite a long one. It's a historical book. It's set in the beginning in South Korea, and then it moves across to Japan. It looks at Japan's colonization of Korea and the impacts of World War II as experienced in East Asia. And it deals with love and loss and political disenfranchising, immigration and the changing role of women. If this all sounds really boring, it's actually not. It's a beautiful story of Sunja, who Mm. Her father, the, the the beauty of it, it starts in 1911 and kind of spans a whole lot of generations. Right, okay. And so in the beginning, her father, um, before she's born, it starts with her father who's got a club foot and um, a hair lip. Anyway, he's kind of this guy that is so unassuming but works so hard in his village that everyone comes to adore him, even though he has a lot of health problems. And he ends up, because he's such a hard worker and such a beautiful person. He ends up as a
2: member of Auntie Donna. <laughs>
1: he does. <laughs> No, um, he ends up finding a wife, which um, they thought he wouldn't be able to, and then they end up having a child, which is Sunja, and it kind of just follows their story from really humble beginnings, and Sunja falls pregnant out of wedlock, which is really frowned upon, obviously, at that time, to the point where women would commit suicide if that happened to them, Right. and there's a Christian minister that comes into the village and is such a Beautiful guy that he – and he sees the kindness of her mother and her family that run this boarding house that he decides to marry her and he takes her back to Japan. Ah. So uh, that's sort of the beginning of the story. I won't spoil any more of it. It's just beautifully written and it really gives this kind of heart-rending picture of what life is like for people that move from their hometown – when all they know is their small village and they That's suddenly are thrust yeah. into somewhere like Osaka which is a huge city mm. and it and it just gives you a real insight into culture that I don't really know that much about. I mean, I know we talk about North Korea and Kim Jong-un and all that stuff, but I didn't really know much at all about South Korea in in terms of its culture or, you know, food or Mm. history. And so I love this kind of book because it gives you a really kind of detailed insight into the history of it. It kind of tricks you while also you just (laughs) fall in love with the characters and the story and and the, the writing. So you're learning while also just enjoying yourself. I
2: hate that. That's like that Indiana <laughs> Jones TV series where they like adventures... What about math? And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> shoot someone. <laughs> South Korea, oh, That's what we've had a few things. I think Kim's Convenience we've talked about Yeah, South Korea, I believe. Uh, last week I talked about a South Korean film as well and this week. South Korea is popping up a lot. It's all popping all up a lot. Place. I know.
1: Um, this author, Min Jin Lee, is really fascinating too. So she was born in South Korea, then moved to New York right. with her family. And they she when she came to New York, her family didn't speak any English, so she had to teach herself English by going to the New York Library. And she ended up sort of studying law and becoming a writer. And she's just got this incredible work ethic that stemmed from her parents. But just the idea There's of someone. There's a giant fly in here. Yeah, I know. It's buzzing around. <laughs> I can't hear it on the mic, so hopefully it's I all can... right. It's like a Get out of here, Get blow fly. fly. Shoe fly, don't bother me. She'll... Anyway, minjin Lee, just the idea of you not being able to speak English when you arrive in a country and then becoming so masterful with the language that you become a lawyer yeah. and you also write best-selling books. I mean.
2: Incredible amazing.
1: She's also written some really great short stories too. One is called The Access of Happiness. Mm. I'd recommend reading that one too. It's I mean, as someone
2: who exclusively speaks English and used to speak 50 words of Swahili. <laughs> it's brutal when you go to another place, you know, it's been language. You just feel like it, speak the language. You just feel like an idiot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's mm.
1: quite embarrassing really when you think about it. I mean, because in Australia we have really Don't have the need to speak anything other than English, and most of the things we consume on online or on the internet machine are either in English or it can be easily translated into English. So we're very lucky in that way. Yeah.
2: Also, it would be sweet if I could speak like four languages, like some people in Europe who just grow up and they're like, "Yeah, I speak like four languages."
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a lot of work, but. Also wouldn't that be it? great? Yeah, well this is true. If you just grow up with it and it's the norm, I really do think there's something wrong with the way that Our we dog teach. Is trying to eat that. Okay, fly so now. there is a thing about Podcast Dog. She loves to catch flies. She's like the Mr. She just Miyagi ate that of fly. But, Yeah, she's been eating flies all yeah, day, I mate. Know, yeah. I know. And I sort of kind of like, I respect it.
2: I respect it too. It's
1: awesome because it's an, always annoying me and then she just eats the fly. And It's I don't also have to good worry for you it.
2: because you used to be the one in the family to eat the fly <laughs> before we got the dog. So it's, it's been really good. I really, like took the her amount a while of time to, that you freed up.
1: <laughs> it took me a while to teach her. <laughs> yeah, it's, it. it's a lot of like running around on all fours, that's snapping it. at flies, but she eventually got it. Yeah. Now I don't have to swallow flies anymore. Crazy. Like that old lady in the song.
2: Yeah, good Isn't song. That,
1: There wasn't a lady that swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. I don't Mm. think you'll die if you swallow flies. I should know. I've swallowed a lot in my time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Blow flies are the most delicious. Hold
0: up.
2: I was going to talk about the great. I was going to talk about the great hack, but it's like you get it. Facebook's ruining everybody's lives and data's being mined, and, and none of our thoughts of our own. And uh, the world's fucking ruined. So <laughs> forget all that. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go talk, eat
1: some chocolate shell ice cream. And yeah,
2: instead so I'm going to talk about eat some flies. Something I'd heard of but never seen. It's called Invader Zim, and it's this show that only ran for 27 episodes from like 2001 to very early in 2002 so it was promptly cancelled so long ago that i was in school when this thing came out if you can believe that it was, it was by uh johan vasquez and he made it for nickelodeon so off the back of like Rocco's modern life and rugrats and uh, oh,
1: i loved Rugrats, uh, ugh,
2: real monsters all those shows that i used to love um as a kid and it almost acts like it feels like a precursor to like Rick and Morty like even the font of the, of the of the show whatever and like the animation style. it's not the same but it's real left of center kind of wacky space adventures kind of stuff but basically uh, it's this alien called Zim who's sent to Earth as who's from this like a martyr of, uh, of aliens that just go around conquering different planets and so he's sent to Earth like as a joke to kind of prepare for an invasion so he's on his own and he's got this dropkick robot which they give him because they don't give him a real one to help him on his mission and he's and he's got this really superficial human disguise and because he's tiny he goes to like a regular school and one boy there knows that he's an alien so it's kind of about him trying to prepare this prepare for conquering the earth which is probably not going to happen because nobody from where he's from respects him and And, and the boy trying to stop him. And it's like, it's real, it's like darkly funny and it's really weird and and niche and like well ahead of its time. And it's, it, it's, um, it also was one of the first shows and it did it before Futurama because I looked into this where they incorporate 3d animation into 2d animation. And that's like, people do that all the time now it's in everything, but that was really uncommon and expensive for the time. So when like a ship lands, you see like all sides of it and it spins and you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Well, yeah. it's, it's like
2: it's like three D animation, but it's designed to look like a cartoon. It's in everything. All right. Like you probably wouldn't notice it cuz it's mostly seamless now. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, but all anyway, all I'm
1: thinking of I have to interrupt you. All I'm thinking about cuz you were talking about monsters is that show Don't you open that trap door oh, cuz there's the, something down there. Sorry, and that's where my brain you went. Know but end- Alien. Do you know how that, that show? Looks ended? Like a, man. No. You know
2: every day. It's basically this claymation show called Trap Door. I and, loved it. And that's
1: every- why cuz you were talking about like rug rats that my that's where my brain went. I was yeah. i tuned out. I'm sorry. That's fine. And every day
2: the <laughs> trap, they're like, don't open the trap door because he worked with this monster upstairs. And every day the trap door would open and a monster would come out. And the very last episode he quit. He's like, I'm leaving. And I'm like, oh, my. He's actually. Le- I remember that. Yeah. Oh,
1: my God, my brain has exploded in a nostalgia bubble.
2: And I'm like, he's free. He's free of that like monster that that like, you know, yeah. keeps him upstairs, that, that lives upstairs that you never really see. But then after the credits he comes back and he's like, you didn't really think I'd go. And I'm like, oh, Burke, you were free. You could have <laughs> gone anywhere. You could have lived your dream. Now you're back. What are you doing? Oh, the trackball was just going to open again. <laughs> anyway, colleagues, put that down below as well. Anyway. <laughs> I uh, do you love that show. The, just just – I'm, I'm nearly done. But basically the, to show like how detailed the show was and expensive for the time was, for an 11- to 12-minute show, which is kind of how they're, they're blocked out these, these episodes, you'd have 80 to 120 pages of storyboards. But Invader Zim did 250 to 350. And that's the kind Whoa. of detail that they're kind of putting into it. And you wouldn't know – like watching it now, if you're like, this is from six years ago, whatever. But like, yeah, it is. Like it's really, it's that good. But anyway, the reason I bring it up is because recently there was a movie that got revitalized recently after like 16 years, 17 years. There's just a movie on Netflix and they went, Vader Zim's back is a movie. It's <gasps> out of nowhere. And I'm not up to it yet because I'm still working my way through the series. But I just think I love this era where you can bring back stuff like this. Like so I don't think everything needs to come back because people are like bring back Firefly, you know Firefly. The, yeah, I did like, love kinda, Firefly. Yeah, great, I enjoyed that but too. But it's also kind of it's, it's done. Show. It's been a long. It's been a long time, and
1: yeah, they'd all know, be pretty old. Like, our I mean, age. most of them look
2: pretty good, but. Some of them are terrible, and you know, and Joss Whedon's had his problems, like personal, and also he did Justice League or whatever. (laughs) Oh, poor Joss. Yeah, but I just think the the ship has sailed. Basically, but what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, but some things can come back, which is good.
1: Like The Dark Crystal has come back on Netflix, a
2: show, a movie that I watched way too late. Yeah, you did
1: because I loved it because I also really love Labyrinth, and you didn't watch Labyrinth either with David Bowie. Yeah,
0: who? Oh, by the way, we should do
1: a whole episode of David Bowie because oh my god, that man just like. So incredible. Anyway, I won't talk about him today, but Labyrinth, a classic. I showed you. Couldn't have cared less. I think you have to watch it at a certain time in your life. And The Dark Crystal the same.
2: Yeah. Then that amazing puppetry. But apparently people are talking about this new show. um, Yeah. Whatever it's called. The Dark Crystal. It's a prequel to the movie. They reckon Ah, it's incredible. Really? I've
1: been meaning to click on it, but every time I almost do, I, I do that whole thing that you kind of don't want it to ruin your memory of it
2: i apparently it's better although really? well by, i mean because
1: yeah. yeah when i tried to watch the dark crystal again the i at the time i remember thinking the puppetry was incredible but i think once you no no seen, it still
2: is because it's it, like jim henson yeah he, he, all the amazing puppetry and it comes from that yeah studio. it's such yeah. a
1: spooky world too yeah. and, and it heartbreaking stories like, i remember it just i just remember about really being and they had, to, they had to
2: get a crystal or something i don't know <laughs>
1: Is it about getting what do you a crystal? mean? That's like all the things that you watch. What I about know. the Infinity Stones? That's basically that's all the things that you not love.
2: Crystals, Claire. <laughs> I hate to get pedantic oh, but, the, but the dumb Which thing I is. like Is better than the dumb thing you like
1: <laughs> Well I haven't actually To be fair Watched that yet That's why I haven't recommended it But I plan to because, right. interesting
2: Okay you've been I'm watching, glad it's got good you, reviews Yeah no, People are loving it What about Are you going to talk about Mindhunter are you?
1: No I'm not But I have been watching Because you recommended Mindhunter on a previous episode yeah. And I have been watching it And I can't stop watching it Even though I really Shouldn't be watching it Because I'm having nightmares Every night But it's so fascinating It's all yeah. about Hunting cereal Like well Before the term serial killer was really created and these two guys decided to go out and interview everybody. I and know, Claire, because I've watched yeah, it and we've you talked, talked about, about it. it on I know. Okay, well, anyway, do you I you finally see why I got a, around. Do you see why I bought a baseball back, Yeah, Claire? I do. my God, you were watching it alone. Jesus. so what
2: I like about that show is the horror of it isn't just like you don't see the horrible rape and murder and all those no, kind of things because you don't they... need to. No. And so it's it. I, I like that it focuses on the investigative Journalism. And, and the, the data gathering yeah. of, of it all. Yeah, that's what I find interesting yeah.
1: and that's what I sk- actually skip over quite a lot of the graphic because yeah. um, I didn't realise, I thought it was more of a doco, but it's not. It's a TV yeah, show. But it's
2: very much based on real interviews and real Yeah, and yeah. I
1: find all the in-between interesting because I find yes. the idea of someone finding out a new idea and what tends to happen always... When people have new ways of doing stuff, is that everyone tells you you're an idiot yeah. until you prove and prove them wrong? And I, I often think that there must be so many people like that. And I've done this myself: come up with a brilliant idea, get no, and think, oh, it must have been dumb. Mm. And I mean, not all ideas are great, obviously, but that you really have to persist because yes. you know, just because no one's done it before doesn't mean it's not great.
2: Yeah, but it might be crap.
1: Yeah, it might be crap, but you know you'll never find out unless you give it a burl.
2: Yeah, but if you do do it, you might anyway, embarrass yourself.
1: Chocolate shell ice cream <laughs> topping, mate. Someone had to invent that. Okay, can I talk about my next recommendation? I'm ready. Out of the doom and gloom of mine hunt- hunting, hunting, yeah. whatever it is. Okay. It is younger, the TV show on oh Netflix. Oh my god, Claire! Why are you talking about <laughs> You've just TV show? You didn't on even about alien
2: like, shows. You even like the TV show Younger. I
1: do, I do, because it's it's in its sixth season, right? So I think the even first... Jess
2: Perkins thinks it's going downhill. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know, but Jess and I still love it. That's the thing you can you can hate on a show but still love watching it. Jess sure. and I were talking about it over Twitter, and I thought it's time the universe has told me I need to talk about it. Okay, so you hate me watching this.
2: I no, actually, I think it's like breezy. It's fun. breezy and yeah. fun,
1: especially. It's a great antidote to like the news cycle and Mindhunter, which is I feel very similar at the moment to how terrifying it can be. Anyway, so it's produced by Darren Star, based on the novel by Pamela Redmond Satran. Darren um, Star
2: of Sex in the City, is that right? No. I
1: think he is. Oh, Darren stars Sex and City. Yes, he yeah. is definitely. And Melrose Place. Sorry, sure. I thought you meant Pamela Redmond Saturn. She wasn't Sex and the City. Anyway, so it stars Liza, who is forty years old and trying to get back into the publishing world after her. She's raised her daughter. Give
2: up, you passed it. Well, but this girlfriend is thing.
1: Um, she's faced a lot of ageism, and no one wanted to employ her even as an intern. And so she fakes her age. And to be honest, she's a very beautiful Broadway actress, mm. and it's. It's almost plausible that she could pass as a 20-something millennial, almost, because she's got, she's just very youthful and fun. She's got quite a goofy, hilarious kind of um, vibe about her as well. Yes. And that's, so that's the basic premise. She then gets a job at a publishing house um, where Hilary Duff's character, Kelsey Peters, is also working. She moves in, she's going through a divorce, so she moves in, which is kind of what started this whole thing. She moves in with her lesbian friend, Maggie, who is played by Demi Mazar, who's also just hilarious and very sharp tongue. She's, very she's funny, got a lisp, yeah. but she's great. She's just awesome. Really kicker. She's an artist. She has a lisp. Yeah, she does have a lisp. I know. But she's really great. And then she she's the intern to this um publishing executive Diana Trout, who's played by Miriam Shaw. And Diana happens to be she's my favorite wonderful. character. She's so great. She's really funny. She's got kind of very she's quite vain, but she's got a lot a deeper side to her. She's very kicker. She wears just incredible jewelry because it's set in New York City it's got a vibe about of sex in the city but much less uh I don't. Know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's quite light and breezy. The costumes are brilliant. The New York setting, city setting, is brilliant. It deals with a lot of really interesting themes around millennials in the workplace and love like what and kind relationships. Of latte are they
2: going to get? How am I going to pay <laughs> my rent?
1: No, it, it really talks about current things that millennials and I think um, the culture is talking about at the moment, which I think is really interesting. That there's a season where they have an author of the. It's really Game of Thrones, but called something different. They oh, deal with, right. like, yeah. sexism in the workplace, Sorry. ageism, um, racism, um, homophobia. They deal with themes of, like, an older woman dating a younger guy, which is what Liza's character does for a while called Josh, who's a tattoo artist and and kind of all of the perception around that and parenting, um, and he becomes a dad in, this se- in the sixth season, and that's really cool because he's a very hands-on involved father. And so it, it really just talks about... The culture that we're in at the moment, and it's just fun and lighthearted.
2: How, how do you feel? I'm and where, 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 sexy. It's, it's very so sexy. sexy. Charles, she
1: has sort of like a very hot and steamy chemistry with Charles, who's like okay. the head of the. Spoiler publishing alert: house.
2: They get together at some point.
1: Oh, don't ruin it. Yeah,
2: but you know, but how do you feel? Because often shows will, will pair people off, and then they lose interest. Correct. A classic example of that being Dean Cain and. Terry Hatchett from Lewis <laughs> and Clark.
1: I actually did really love that show. But then the
2: show, as soon as he found out and they were together, it was like yeah. it was over. So do you think this show is is on borrowed time now that that's happened or do you think they've normally got one breakup in them before it's kind yeah, of all over? Yeah, it's
1: definitely following that path. Yeah, At the moment they're trying to like she got with, oh, spoiler alert, but she's with Charles with alert and now she like she was with Josh and so they're doing this sort of. Love triangle. It's a real big and Aiden
2: situation, Claire, if you ask
0: me. <laughs>
1: no, it's definitely got a different vibe. Sex in the City was much more um, hedonistic, I yeah. want to say, and, and self-involved. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. This is much more of the time. It's moved forward. Um, Hilary Duff's character also looks a lot at what it's like to be a woman in power yep. and a young woman in power and how you're treated really differently. Yes. And also about older women, which is what I think is great in this, Diana Trout. Her character is what in her forties, yeah. um, and dealing with the idea of being an older woman and still being taken seriously, and also being perceived as sexy. I think which there is, I think there's like a stigma around that, and Do there's you?
2: also the stigma around obviously because the reason she pretends to be. Younger
1: It's because she, she can't get a job, which genuinely yeah, which is time, a major yeah. problem, particularly for women. I mean, we've talked about this before, but for women, we're the biggest demographic moving into homelessness yeah. in
2: our 60s. The lack of super and, and yeah, job and career security. Pro- and, yeah, exactly. Because
1: prosperity. often what happens yeah. is once women have kids, they drop out of the workforce, so they automatically have less super. Yeah. And then if something happens to their partner or their children or, or whatever, or for whatever reason, or whatever, yeah. yeah, or their, mm. their husband just chucks off with the younger – Person or something, mm. you can really end up uh, with less skills. And not a lot of super and in in all sorts. Absolutely. And I think there's also an older not just women but also men find this too as an older generation trying to get employed if you lose your job in your fifties. Yeah, absolutely. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And I think also women who have been mothers and maybe stayed home for a long time, re entering the workforce can be hugely challenging. So it looks at that as well and and ageism is a real thing. So And it's interesting
2: because I know we're we're hitting it like twenty nine minutes. minutes. We gotta that, finish. Because you initially t- chose teaching as a career simply because that it was a workforce that you can you can move in and out of.
1: Yeah, and one of the reasons. I yeah. mean, I, I loved it because oh, no, I love working with kids and creativity, but I genuinely, a lot of my teachers at school were asked me, one of them particularly said, why are you doing teaching? You could do anything. Mm. Just a two-mile at home, but I did quite well at school. And Nobody's <laughs> ever said that
2: to me. That's interesting. <laughs> I get why you're doing teaching, they would say. Yeah, I get it. You're about this level, they would say. Oh, yeah.
1: no. well, anyway, but, uh, but I honestly did it because I could foresee having kids and yeah. I wanted to do something that wasn't stuck in, I never wanted to do a nine-to-five office job. I knew that. I wanted mm. to work creatively. And I thought that teaching, because I love working with kids, but mainly because it would have the flexible holidays. Yeah. And I just thought, even though I had no boyfriend at the time, hadn't had a boyfriend, thought versus thinking long-term. I like to think 10 years in advance, James.
2: I haven't thought a second in advance ever, which is why we're well over time. We
1: are. All also, right. was a quick thing okay. in Sex and
2: the City 3, they were going to make a third movie and Big was going to die in it. And I was like, thank God. Thank God
1: that I, they death. might have redeemed it, but I don't think so. I no, they definitely have. Yeah, it, sh-
2: it should have been twelve minutes long, and then Big dies, and then the movie's over. Great. Okay, right, here we go. So
1: we've got okay. Uh,
2: I've, got a, uh, I've got some reviews. If you want to re- review the show, you can do that just through your iTunes app or whatever app that you've got. Uh, this one says kind of adorable. It's from Jeremy, but not all the way adorable. I bought that salad book from that Aussie bike girl who likes to throw salads at people or whatever. Based on this podcast, wife loves it. Hearing the back and forth and trying to sell each other is fun. hashtag don't trust horses. That's right, Jeremy. <laughs>
1: trust them every day, mate. Don't trust them. All right, I have got D. Hay Wood has recommended me some music. Hey, James and Claire, love the show. I have I had a listen to Courtney Barnett, and she's fantastic. She is not just great music, but fantastic lyrics. Agreed. I wanted to give back and recommend some great female bands and artists that she reminded me of. All three artists are from Canada and are starting to gain some acclaim worldwide. The first one is Beaches, an all-girl alt-rock band from Toronto who are excellent. I know Beaches. I love them.
2: It's in the movie. The
1: second is Alice Merton. I don't know her, who has a sort of a funky, unique style but holds one of my favourite albums of the year. And finally, July Talk is a rock band from Toronto with one male and one female singer, and they're amazing with really real lyrics, backed by some rockin' tunes. Thanks for the awesome podcast. Well, thanks, D. Haywood. Thanks, D. Wood. They all sound brilliant. Definitely gonna listen, I do really like Beaches.
2: You can hit us up on Suggestible Pod on Twitter and Instagram if you've got something to suggestible pod. That'd be great. Uh, this is the end of the show, isn't it?
1: Yeah, please oh, leave us a, a review. Yeah, but, uh, I'm, Sunday I'm at Claire Tonty on Instagram and God, at Mrs. Sunday Movies on Twitter because I'm shameless God, self-promotion. Live your, live
2: your bloody life. Everybody. All right,
1: we're real over. Bye. Bye. Shoot fly, don't bother me. fly's dead, it got fly, mashed. I saw the dog chewing away me. on
2: it. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.